oh my God, you've literally never put yourself in a fat person's shoes. Because if you did for a minute and you were like, I feel like I need to tell this person about my concerns about their health. And you thought about it for a minute. You'd be like, well, I'm probably not the only person who's had this thought. I wonder how many times they've had this conversation. It doesn't take a huge leap. It's just like, have you considered that person's experience at all? You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out Mopad. how to do life. Mopad. But it turns out Mopad. nobody knows It's a first. It is a very, very first ever Mopad with an anonymous person. I think that's exciting. Uh, your fat friend is an online presence, a person who's anonymous on the internet because she doesn't want to get, um, you know, killed for saying what she says. And that may sound like I'm exaggerating, but uh, not necessarily. I mean... Kill, kill is perhaps a strong word, but when you look at how uh, women with opinions are treated on the internet, not just women, anyone who just isn't a cis white straight man, uh, when you think about the, you know, the, the risks and how many people have had their lives ruined because of trolls, you know, finding their addresses and oh, I can highly recommend you read the book called Crash Override by Zoe Quinn. She was the woman who was the one of the main victims of Gamergate. So she basically had her whole life destroyed by these uh, horrible people. And I read that book and the whole way through I thought, fucking hell, it's a... she's made of something else because how can you survive all of this? So I very much had that in the back of my head when I was chatting to your fat friend because your fat friend is someone who talks about being fat on the internet and she's super super intelligent super super just a warm kind important person so do go and read a lot of her writing and uh and i hope you'll enjoy it's going to be a two-parter because we just i could have talked with I could, it could have been a 50-parter because i could not stop talking to her she i mean being a fat person talking to another fat person without, you know, taking thin feelings into account, without, you know, having to hold back on some of all of your fat experiences was so giving. And I really enjoyed it. And I hope you'll enjoy it too. I am currently um, talking at you from my bed. <laughs> Again, it's always a bed, isn't it? I have the worst period cramps. It hurts so much. And it keeps distracting me from just doing anything because it just hurts so if you're in the same position listening to this my god i feel you oh my god this is it's just so unfair it just feels so unfair and i feel like i just feel like if a cis man had this i mean it just wouldn't have it just wouldn't have existed the pain would be gone by now. They would have found a cure. I just truly believe that. Oh, I feel so bad for people with uteri. Uteri? Uteruses? Uteri? <laughs> Probably not. Right, okay, so my um, I'm sitting on white sheets, so I'm going to try and be quick. Uh, I am going on tour. You know this, but have you got your tickets left? Left? Have you got your tickets yet? See? Distracted. I am going to be in, you know what, I'm going to tell you this time because it's starting very soon. It's starting in, ooh, almost, it's almost in a month. I'll be in Cambridge, Coventry, Colchester, Cardiff, Salford, Liverpool, Newcastle, Bristol, Birmingham, Leeds, Norwich, Exeter, and London. It's going to be a book and stand-up tour, so you'll get a stand-up show, and I will be there signing books and stuff. I have finally announced Edinburgh. And the ticket's already on sale, which is uh, dumb. It's dumb. But I'm doing my brand new show, The Bum Swing, in Edinburgh this year. And I am super, super excited. I'm in a... The room is too big. It's too big. 
It's a huge room, um, but I love the the room is perfect. You know, it has benches, so it's um, fat safe, fat safe, fat inclusive. Um, it has, uh, it's like in the round. It's just a beautiful, beautiful room. So I'm very excited to do it there. But it is very big. So if you want to come and see me in Edinburgh, go to atfringe. dot com. I guess, and so that's my name. I'll put a link out on um, in my newsletter and on uh, my website at some point. But right now, it's like six months. Oh, could you hear that? That was traffic in the background. Right now, it's like six months away. So, you know, also, it's a huge room. I doubt it'll sell out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should not be. Maybe. Who knows, right? Uh, I also have another podcast called Secret Dinosaur Cult. It's a queer non-binary uh, comedy podcast about dinosaurs and daddy issues and trauma. Yeah, that sums it up. I hope you, I hope you like that. You can listen to it uh, wherever and you can come to some of our live shows. All of that info is on secretdinosaurcult.com. Right. Do I need to say more? Oh, my book. Fucking hell. Why did I forget the book? <laughs> I've written a book. It's so surreal. I've now held it in my hands. It doesn't come out till May 2nd. But I was asked to tell you that uh, it matters that you pre-order it. Like, that's apparently a huge... They measure something off of that. I don't know what it is they measure, but it's like, if you pre-order a lot, have a lot of pre-orders, that's good. I don't know. So if you're into that, do go and pre-order it. I think you can pre-order it wherever you get books. I think it's called Happy Fat and it's about why it's okay to be fat. I will now let you listen to the first part of my conversation with the incredibly funny, kind, intelligent, wonderful, your fat friend. So this is um this is a first for me because you're anonymous. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. This is my Edward Snowden, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. You're, wait, you're, am I Edward Snowden or are you? Well, you're Edward Snowden. Snowden. You're in hiding. Right? Okay, that's right. Yep. I'm in Russia, apparently. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you might as well be. So tell me about sure. your, you are, okay, this is hard to say, isn't it? Your, your fat friend. Yes. It's confusing. It is a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's tell right. Me, so tell me as much about who you are that as you're willing to share. I mean, not sure. like you just talking for an hour, but like of you, like, you know, the, the basic things that you would expect to find in the beginning of your Wikipedia page if yeah. such a thing existed. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm like waiting for the day that my Wikipedia <laughs> ship comes in. <laughs> um so I am an anonymous essayist, um, and I write about uh, my life as a very fat person, self-proclaimed very fat person. I am, for context, because like we're in this very strange world where everyone thinks of themselves as fat, so <laughs> yeah. it feels helpful to ground that in something. Um, so for grounding... Uh, I weigh about 350 pounds on a U.S. size 26, which I think is a U.K. 30. I think that's right. I don't know. I don't Neither know. one of us knows. Cool. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, uh, on the larger end of plus size, even. Um, that's mostly what I write about. Other than that, I'm like a 35-year-old white lady living in the U.S. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, why are you anonymous? Sure. Um, so the first thing I wrote, like, is, is how it started. Um, and then it quickly became a good idea to stay anonymous. Um, I got into an argument with a friend about three years ago about fat stuff. She's a thin lady. I love her and I respect her. And we just like weren't seeing eye to eye on this thing. Like we couldn't, we, it just felt like we weren't even speaking the same language about it. Um, so I wrote her a letter and was like, Hey, here's what I need you to know. And I sent it to a friend of mine to proofread and was basically like, am I being terrible? 
<laughs> Am I being real mean in this letter? And he was like, no, and I think it might be helpful. You should post it somewhere. I think Medium lets you post things. And I was like, great, as long as it's anonymous. So I put it up anonymously, and then like 50,000 people read it in like a week. Totally. That's the right face for the <laughs> listener. Sophie's eyes have widened. <laughs> um, so uh, it got really big really fast. And I was like, well, I should probably keep writing things. And part of it getting really big was getting a lot of death threats and rape threats and all kinds of stuff. Um, you are familiar, I know, uh, <laughs> with yeah. all of that. The good old, good old death threat. Right threat, yeah. Yeah, constantly. So I was like, well, I should probably stay anonymous. Uh, yeah. And that's how it's been for the last few years. Yeah. Do you think that's lucky? I mean, because most people will just start with their real names. Are you kind of like, thank fuck that that was my way into it? Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to... Uh, Melissa Fabello, who does mm. some of this uh, writing as a thin woman. She's phenomenal. And she was like, we were talking about this and she was like, God damn it. I like used my actual name and everybody else I know <laughs> didn't. Uh, and they are somehow protected from this stuff as a result. But like most people I know who have used their actual names have, and some who have not have been doxxed, have been, you know, harassed and stalked and all kinds of stuff. And like it, continues to be like I've sort of accepted it because it's just like the way of it now mm. um but it is really bizarre to me that I write about stuff like I had a tough conversation with my friend and here's what I think she wasn't understanding and people are like I will murder you <laughs> like, I don't know. that feels like an outsized reaction sir like I just don't it doesn't compute for me but it's the way that people deal with hearing from fat people like saying anything other than I am a failure and I immediately need to lose as much weight as possible. Right. Like there's just no place in that in people's brains for that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So a million questions. First of all, yes. when yeah. this all started, were you as, um, Oh, what's the word? Like, well read. No, that's not the word educated. <laughs> like, did you, were you already like a fat activism? Did you know it all? Because right now you're like the guru. You're like, oh, you're like the person with the answers. <laughs> no, I feel like that's Keevan Bay. Oh, Keevan. Oh, my God. Yes, of course. I feel like Keevan's the one with like all the answers where I'll be like, what is this? And he'll be like, here are 72 examples. Also, I think you're asking the wrong question because what you yeah. mean is this. And I'm like, ah, oh, got God, it. I love it so much. I love it. Okay. Um, no, I was not a fat activist. I was like a fat lady who had figured out that weight loss just wasn't going to happen for me. Like it just wasn't. I am uh, the same size that I was when I graduated from high school. Like this is just the size I am. And I've like lost weight and it's come back. And I've been a little higher than this and a little lower, but like for the most part, like this is the size I am. And there's no amount of like wild extreme dieting. There's no amount of diet pills. There's no amount of like any of that. Weight Watchers, Slimming World, whatever. Like, there's nothing <laughs> that makes me not fat. Like, it's just not a thing. So that's how I approached it was just like, look, leave me alone. <laughs> I just, this is, I have figured myself out enough to know this is not in the cards for me. I'm never going to be a thin person. So like, can I just get some peace of mind? And I feel like that's still sort of like a lot of, where I'm at is like, what does it take for a fat person to get left alone? So of course what I did is write about it for millions of people, <laughs> which is like not, not a great way to get left alone. <laughs> well, it's the weird thing, isn't it? With, you know, when you're fat, you're kind of, um, your relationship with both visibility and invisibility. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere, and I don't remember, it could have been you, it's probably you who said this, about <laughs> how we're um, visible when we don't want to be and invisible when we don't want to be. Yeah, that, I don't remember writing that, but it feels true to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's this weird combination of like, you know, I was talking to someone recently, I can't remember who, another fat person who was like, when I'm walking down the street, people will just bump into me. Yeah. Like if I don't move out of the way, people will just walk into me. Yeah. So completely 
visible, right? Like looking right through you. And then at the same time, you can also be walking down the street on the next block and someone else will like yell at you or moo at you or like someone was telling me someone threw trash at them, which like, thank God that hasn't happened to me. But right, like it's this super strange combination. You're exactly right of like, you don't really get to control when you're visible. I will say I had this experience. There's a coffee shop near where I work and I went in. <laughs> it's very funny to me and very alarming to thin people. So just like preface, uh, <laughs> I went into this coffee shop, a person, uh, a wheelchair user came in and was, um, had their caretaker with them who was pushing the wheelchair. Uh, I was waiting uh, for my coffee. I'd already like put in my order and the caretaker <laughs> said, Hey, can you step out of the way? So I don't roll over your fat, your foot, 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 your foot. <laughs> Like, just kept yelling foot. And I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And so I started laughing like you're laughing. Like, yeah. it's just like gales of laughter. And that made the caretaker really mad. What? Right? Like, they were just like, yeah, it was really strange. And they were like, I just asked you to move. And I was like, okay. But like, I, it's wild to me that that person couldn't see that that was like so funny. Like that's a hilarious thing to do. <laughs> but like, that's one of those cases where I'm like, no one else in that coffee shop had addressed me. Like I had to kind of like flag down a barista to get them to be like, come take my order. Like it was just like, I didn't exist until this person was like, I don't want to yeah. roll up that foot, 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 foot. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. It's like yeah. My, my friend was um had um a kebab thrown at her. And it's just so unfortunate that kebab is such a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, that is horrible, but also Yeah. I mean <laughs> I wish it had been something less funny sounding that he thrown yeah. at her. Did you <laughs> also get Baba Ganoush thrown at you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like more onomatopoeia kind of words i can't those are very funny words like oh my god but i i mean it's rare that you can have this sort of conversation with people who aren't happy with themselves and people the yeah. fat people who aren't happy with themselves. oh like yeah fat people in general who aren't happy oh like thin people yes yeah. it gets very like that the guy with the <laughs> fat foot <laughs> you know, for yeah. him fatness and for most people fatness is this terrifying thing that you do not speak of and you do not say out loud and no no you're not yep. fat you're not fat you, you know people have this panic it's so rare that you get to go oh that's a bit funny yeah totally like it is for a while I was telling kind of everybody I knew that story because I was like this is hilarious <laughs> and everyone was like this like look of just they were completely mortified and this look would just like set in over their faces <laughs> where they'd just be like oh no and I'd be like cracking up being like get it guys and like no one would come with me on it so then I just started to like I figured out ooh, sorry that was my shoe um <laughs> I figured out that no one else was gonna find it funny and then I was like kind of like I don't know how you feel about swearing I'm gonna swear yeah it's fine okay cool I was like, after a while, I was like, fuck you guys. This is funny. Like, I just started yeah. telling people as a way of being defiant, which yeah. is also not the greatest strategy for building and maintaining relationships, but here we are. <laughs> no, but you kind of yeah. do need people to calm the fuck down sometimes, you know, because sometimes the, the tension makes it so much worse, you know, like sometimes you just want to be able to go, Oh, I need a new chair. I can't fit in this chair. Can you get me another chair? Without people going, um, oh God, shh, oh fuck. Yeah, totally. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so much like breathy apologizing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> so, like, what do we do? What should we leave? We can just leave. We can burn the place to the ground. No, it's it's fine. Like just give me a new right. chair. Right. It's the same thing as like 
when I'm just like, well, you know, I'm a fat lady. So whatever. When someone's like, get you a t-shirt. Like we have free t-shirts for this thing or like whatever. And I'm like, oh, you don't have my size. Like, I'm just going to tell you now I'm a fat lady. So you don't have my size. And they'll be like, you're not, you're <laughs> Rubenesque. You're like, <laughs> like, come up with all these, you're curvy. That makes you more of a woman, right? Like all of this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, no. I'm just a fat lady. We can both see me. You can yeah. see me better than I can see me. It's fine. Yeah, uh, it's like, yeah. okay, fine. Then give you one of your shirts and I'll wear it around my pinky finger. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> totally. Would you like me to safety pin it to the front of me? <laughs> like an apron. I could do that. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is my question. Um, yeah. Being anonymous, mm-hmm. does that then... Well, I don't know if you know, if you even know how it would be if you weren't anonymous but do you think that uh do you think the comments the trolling has less effect on you than if you had used your real name and like people knew more personal stuff about you uh i don't know I don't know if it would be more or less I feel like so like you and I should talk this out because you you're like all out there oh You're so much in. out there so much <laughs> and so I much am, out there totally i'm so not all out there um yeah i feel like so like here are some things that get to me about trolling and then i'm like very curious to hear from you about like does it get to you if so when and how and that kind of thing um the stuff that gets to me the most is the stuff where people are claiming good intentions Ugh, um, yeah. or saying that they're trying to help, right? So when people are like, I'm just concerned about you, right? Like every fat person, whether you're on the internet or not, <laughs> like every fat person knows that bullshit conversation, <laughs> right? Um, so like that stuff really gets to me. It especially gets to me online. The more outlandish the trolling is, like honestly, the death threats and rape threats and that kind of stuff don't get to me because I'm like, that is, you're having a ridiculous reaction. Like you're being (laughs) fully, like this is unmoored from any sense of reality. Like go off, I guess, right? Like uh, that stuff doesn't bother me. The stuff where people are like, I just really want to make sure that you know that, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly right. Jesus. For the listener, the eye roll. I am rolling my eyes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that like that kind of stuff where people, I, you know, they may truly feel concern on the receiving end. I do not feel that concern from them. I feel like an assertion of a power dynamic where they're like, look at you. You haven't figured it out. Look at me. I have, I have the noblesse oblige of telling you, right? Like it's my duty. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. (laughs) And I have to tell you that you are unthinkably fat and you clearly haven't figured it out. So let me tell you exactly how to be thin like me because I have figured it out by living in the body that I've always had. Cool. Congratulations. (laughs) That's the stuff that gets to me. But like Nicole Arbor and like the big like anti-fat people, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. I don't really care how about you like what is there stuff that gets under your skin well i think it's it's i think that it's sort of the same thing like the all the you know die bitch fuck you cunt all Mm -hmm. that stuff is like yeah whatever you know (laughs) oh it's just boring but it's the i think it's the being spoken to as if like as you can feel that they assume that you don't know anything that is like the like I cannot yeah. comprehend how ignorant and unintelligent you have to be to assume that we don't know what we're talking about. Like yeah. not not only about like what it's like being fat and like not only about you know knowing our own bodies, but also yeah. just you know like I was in a I was in a cab and he asked me what I was doing and I said oh. I'm, I guess I'm not like a fat activist. I just wrote a book about fatness and I, you know, I've done that for about six years now. And, and he was like, Oh yeah, that's not a thing. And it's the assumption that <laughs> like, the, the confidence of these people who are like, actually it's unhealthy. I'm like, okay. And like, how, do you think I've not considered that? Do you think I was going to go, Oh, is it? Oh totally. shit. 
oh, I have to call my editor. This is a huge mistake. Like, <laughs> it's that. It's the. It's like being spoken to as if you're definitely. We just don't know anything, and that that's what that's what fat activism or positivity is. It's just people like la yeah. la la. Oh, I guess this is okay, as if we haven't done all the fucking reading every single right. day for yep. years and years. Yeah, and also like as if to like take it even one step further, which I think like there is a chunk of people who absolutely believe this, that like fat activism is like a celebration of eating yourself into an early grade. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, we're not. Like someone was like, you're just, it's not fat pride. You're just like, that's a death pride. And I was like, no, oh, wow. Yeah, totally. I was like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Did I tell you about my, um, uh, the, um, when I did my first book event? No, and, tell and, me. And the lady, we, I mean, we just talked about the book and it's just like fat things. Yeah. And then this woman stood up and said, um, I work for the NHS, like for a hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say, like, if you've decided to die, that's okay. But just make sure you sign a do not resuscitate form because we spend a lot of money keeping people alive. Like she was saying it as if she was being really nice. Like it's just that we would save a lot of money if you just like make sure that people knew that you wanted to die. And she was saying it in such a nice way. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. even react. I was just like, um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't going well, to think about this today. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. And also, like, that's a thing where, like, as you're talking about, like, people have this, like, fat activism isn't a thing or, like, a complete misunderstanding of, like, as if fat people don't know that there are Mm. popular health risks. There's, like, a popular set of beliefs about health risks and, you know, body type and size and all that kind of stuff. Um, There is also this piece of it that's, like, oh, my God, you've literally never put yourself in a fat person's shoes because if you did for a minute and you were like, I feel like I need to tell this person about my concerns about their health. And you thought about it for a minute, you'd be like, well, I'm a pretty middle of the road person. I'm probably not the only person who's had this thought. I wonder how many times they've had this conversation, right? Like it doesn't take a huge leap. It's just like, have you considered that person's experience at all? Step one is they've probably been talked to death about this. That will be my actual cause of death, by the way. It won't be a do not resuscitate. It won't be like a hospital situation. I'll just be like, I'm so tired of hearing people lecture me and now I'm dead. Like- <laughs> I've said to, uh, I've had to say to my manager that if I ever die of diabetes or heart disease or cancer, I'm going to have to just have him throw me out, out of, in front of a bus. Because there's too many people who would be like, told you so. I'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Shit. <laughs> My last words will be, it's not fat related. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Oh my God. So talk to me about like, I am in the US. I've like done a little bit of traveling abroad, but not a ton. I'm curious about for you in Denmark and in the UK, both does that visibility invisibility thing hold true in in those two places and does it show up differently like how does that show up denmark's bad denmark's really bad because there Mm -hmm. are not a lot of fat people yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) there just aren't that many fat people um it's bad it's a very so i was i have this amazing red coat it's very red it's a very Uh red coat and i uh worried when I was in Denmark and I was standing in a station and there were like 60 people all waiting for trains and every single one of those people had black jackets on mm-hmm. and I just had this like wow that's kind of Denmark is mm-hmm. you know ooh, uh, be unique but also look look the same like preferably look the same like we all need to look like we're trying to be part of society we have to all look like we're trying to not be outcasts. Mm-hmm. So by being fat, you just don't really fit in. I mean, by not having blonde hair, you don't really fit in, you know? Like sure. It's, sure. You know, any kind, I mean, there's a, Denmark is just very small. And in terms of any kind of political, socio-political awareness, it's so fucking far behind. It's um, mm-hmm. like, it's incredible. But the Danish activism organization, Filt Front, like Fat Front, is doing amazing work. And it's incredible that Denmark even, I mean, it's incredible what they're doing and how much they've already changed and the social consciousness. 
Um, in the UK, I think because they're further ahead in terms of yeah, political awareness, it's a bit better. But like, of course, it's still a thing, you know. Uh, I just think it's easier to kind of hide. People don't care as much about outsiders here because there are so many outsiders because mm-hmm. it's a few, like there's more people living in London than in all of Denmark. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I heard someone on a podcast today say that uh, the the US was so far behind on body image stuff, and yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I think so. This is interesting. Like, there's like a little interweaving to do of what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. But like, I was talking to, um, I went over to my dad's house this morning and was talking to him. He is uh, someone who I would say is like very proud of me and also not on board with this line of, like, <laughs> like it's a very, very confusing line for him to walk. Um, I <laughs> grew up in a politically progressive family, like very proud to be very left. Um, I have continued that tradition. And like part of what we would talk about growing up is my parents would both be like, oh, we got to be more like Scandinavia. The mm. U.S. is so far behind. We don't have paid family leave. We don't have vacation time. We don't have blah, 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 like universal basic income. Like there's all this stuff we don't have. Europe has it all figured out. And I was talking to my dad about that this morning and I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> have we all been seeing what's been happening in Europe and in the U.S.? We all saw Le Pen. We all saw everything that's happening all around the world. We're all in the same soup of shit. Like, no one's ahead of anybody else. No one's behind anybody else. Like, that's not happening. Uh, And that's kind of, I feel like I'm in this very, like, you know, uh, you know, we're all just in the soup, figuring it out. (laughs) I think we are. I think we are, however. The U.S., I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just um, in Denmark, of Denmark is of course also drowning in a shit soup, but yeah. as we're drowning in the shit soup, we do have free healthcare, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we get paid to go to university, and you know <laughs> there is like eternal <laughs> yeah. in that way. You know, it's yeah. it's, a, it's very nice, a nice place to drown in a shit soup. <laughs> totally. I guess what I what I mean is like there was this idea that like there are countries that have it all figured out. Mm. And that's like not a, like that's what I mean when I say like that's, yeah, yeah yeah that's not a thing apart from no. Iceland Iceland is really oh really oh no, yeah Iceland's a good uh, place but everywhere else, else is bullshit yeah I knew they had a queer prime minister oh yeah or, they're like quite the, where they're just like whatever like <laughs> we did yeah. it what about it but there's also like fourteen people living there so it must be easy to <laughs> <laughs> sure everything's just run on consensus yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I feel that way about body politics a little bit. But, like, the U.S. has more fat people. We also have, uh, you know, a more established conversation about feminism happening. And fat politics and feminism are, like, very, I think, closely related. Um, But I'm also hyper aware that the ways that anti-fatness show up in the U.S. are actually, like, really different. Like, when I talk to folks who are experiencing anti-fatness in India, it looks really super different than it does in the U.S. When I talk to folks in, like, uh, East Asian countries and, like, Korea and Japan, anti-fatness there looks really different than the U.S., right? So I also think, like, there's not necessarily, like, I don't know that we can necessarily necessarily track progress in a linear way when what we're progressing toward looks different and away from uh, in different countries looks different from place to place community to community all that kind of stuff i don't know what do you think about all that (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to like aggressively grade on a curve (laughs) i know but i don't know if that's a thing well i think maybe the mistake is thinking that we could possibly ever know the answer to it you know because it's so we're talking about you know, progress in the world, you know, it's so big. Yeah. And like fat phobia is such a big thing and it's so, it's so hard. You know, you, I mean, I, I, when I'm in Denmark, I often get the question of like, don't you think it's better now than it was five years ago? Mm-hmm. And there's a million different answers to that. You know, like what is better? What, I mean, which bits totally. of it, you know, uh, what, For who? 
For yeah. who? Yeah, for whom? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where you are at in your life right now, can, compared to where you were when you started this, I'm not going to say journey, <laughs> this, you know, uh, wonder. Wait, last journey, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> When are you going to do something about it is what I want to know. No. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when are you going to finally lose the weight? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know if it helped um, starting to write about it. Did that make, um, not help, but like did it, because I've been trying, you know, when people ask me like, how do I learn to love my body? Mm-hmm. I kind of want to say, you know, the fight for me, yeah. it's, it's, we talked about defiance before. Like, I feel like a lot of my love for my body is just purely based on spite and revenge and defiance. And I just... It's like grudge match self-love? Like, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, you fat bitch. I'm like, really? I fucking love myself now. Oh, I love my fat yeah. so much. <laughs> do, do you, does that resonate with you in any way? Absolutely. I mean, I think for me, first of all, I am like in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, like a grudge motivated person. Like, I'm like, Oh, you want to see it? I'll show you. Right. Like, so I feel you on that front. I will say for me, a lot of the writing and like the purpose that it has served for me personally. And like, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't, if it wasn't feeding me in some way, right. Like the amount of shit that you get for it. Like, it's just not It's like one day of it would be enough to make a lot of people just pack it in, including me, if it wasn't, again, um, feeding me in some way. Uh, I will say the thing that it has helped me to do is it feels a little bit like taking apart a car engine to see how it works, right? That there's something about like, a lot of it is like dismantling these cultural attitudes to just figure out how they all relate to each other uh, and those same parts, right? Um, And some of it is also honestly just like figuring out, I mean, so you you may have encountered this as well. I suspect you have, but there's like almost no way or no way that I have found yet to have a conversation about fatness without navigating just oceans worth of body trauma and, uh, and judgments and preconceptions and all of this sort of stuff from thin people in particular. So like, the challenges that I face in being heard are not amongst other fat people. Like I can just be like, Hey guys, does this ever happen to you? They'll be like, yep. And when you say that to a thin person, they'll be like, I've been fat. You don't know. I've been fatter than this. I've been hurt. When I was in third grade, someone called me fat. So you, you're judging me. And I'm like, I just said this thing happened to me. And like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I just was trying to say like one thing. And like, it's just like, there's just this tidal wave of like thin trauma that's mostly not about being fat. It's about someone else, like one or two other people seeing you as fat one time. And I'm like, oh, weird. I don't have any feelings about that because that happens to me all of every day. There is like so much fragility in that conversation that comes with being thin. And when I say being thin, I don't mean like supermodels. I mean like people who don't wear plus sizes is basically what I mean. Like if you've never worn plus sizes, if your doctor has never refused to see you, if you don't worry about getting kicked off a plane, like that's kind of who I'm talking about. So like a lot of people. So that feels like the big challenge for me is just like, how do thin people's brains work around this stuff? And how do I get them to stay in the conversation long enough and feel cared for enough to entertain a conversation that isn't exclusively about them. And that's, yeah, I don't know how to do that. Like I just keep trying. I feel like every piece I write, I'm like, here's another angle. Does that work? How about this? What if I come around the side? Like there's nothing (laughs) that appears to work. There's nothing that appears to work. But there's navigating that. And then there's also navigating the people who are, more or less orthorexic, the people who are like, mm-hmm. like in their heads, they're going, but I have eaten nothing but carrots for the past 10 years. And yep. you will not take that away from me by telling me that that has not had any kind of worth. And you're like, yeah, oh, but what I'm saying is though that it, it hasn't, you know, it's totally you wasted your time. But what if it didn't have any worth? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Turns out you could have been happy without the carrots. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine if you had a French fry and felt about it. What would you do with all your time if you weren't consumed with guilt about everything you ate? I don't know. It's the worst, yeah. It's truly the worst. So I have um, a, like my most extreme example of this. I have a family member who almost, I would say mm, the last six or seven times I have seen her, she has met me uh, at her front door with an iPad that has before and after pictures of weight loss surgery. Jesus. And every time she'll be like, look at this. <gasps> and she's like, it's like I've won a sweepstakes. <laughs> something. Like she's like, she's like, imagine what you could wear. Imagine who you could date. Imagine blah, blah, blah. Right. Like all of this sort of stuff. She's also 70 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like that ship has sailed. Um, but it's fascinating to me. Like, so every time she did this, I like took a different angle and I was like, ah. the first time I was like, I'm good. I already wear what I want to wear. <laughs> I already date who I want to date. What? Um, at one point I was like, you know, diets don't really work and tried to have that conversation with her. Um, another time, like I finally just sort of like laid in and was like, I'm not trying to lose weight. And it's pretty insulting that you keep bringing this to me and being like, you're so fat. You have to have surgery. Right. Like, <laughs> but I realized like, and none of that landed. She was like, I would be like, I don't, I'm not trying to lose weight. And she'd be like, okay, we'll just give it some thought. Um. And I was like, <laughs> like, there was no boundary to set because there's nowhere in her mind for uh, me to just be okay with being fat because she couldn't conceptualize that for herself. So there was, I could only make it as far as she had unpacked her own trauma and her own shit, right? And like, that's the, that's the real stumbling block for me lately. It's just like, how do we make any advancements when there are so many people who have so much hurt around this that they can't even hear me say like, like I'm a fat person without like combusting, right? <laughs> like without lighting themselves on fire, right? Like I just don't, it feels like such a hard stop to the conversation. And that feels like the thing where I'm just like, how do we even do it? I feel like actually comedy is like a pretty good avenue. You have a very knowing look on your face. I ha- no, I have a question. <laughs> yes. A p- possible unpopular opinion question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the body positivity movement, mm. meaning the work from thin people claiming that people should be body positive do you think that's one of the ways to do you think that's a positive i'm saying this as someone because i've been thinking about it a lot because i get a lot of followers from thin body positive people who have recommended me and some of the messages i get are people saying oh my god i didn't even know people like you existed you know, and they never would have found me if it wasn't for the body positive person to guide them through to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the answer is. But you know everything, so go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at all uncomfortable with that statement. <laughs> um, I mean, so I'll talk through my experience with that stuff. And then I am really curious. So like when you get those followers, I'm really curious about what your experience with those folks has been Mm. and what kind of work comes along with that. Right. So like, I think there are pros and cons to every movement approach, every strategy for social change, right? Like has its pluses and minuses. I think it's good that people are feeling more comfortable in their skin. The challenge with body positivity for me is that it doesn't insert any sense of power or privilege right? That like, it makes the whole conversation about like, if you love yourself enough, nothing's a problem, which is not true for fat people. I can't love my way to a doctor who will see me (laughs) and treat my actual symptoms, right? I can't love my way out of like 85% of uh, hiring managers saying they wouldn't hire fat women, right? Like there's just like stuff I can't, it doesn't, like, I, I can't be like, I love myself, though, so give me that job, right? Like, that's not a thing that works. <laughs> so, like, I think part of the challenge is that, like, 
it might work on the trauma healing end, but then it gets weaponized against fat people still, right? Because folks, there's nothing about the sort of popularized version of body positivity that we have so far that is challenging folks to think about the privileges that come with their body, regardless of how they feel about it. So that's part of what, and like, I honestly, like, here's where we get unpopular opinion, hot take. I don't consider myself a body positive person. Mm. I don't think or talk about loving my body. I don't think the goal necessarily has to be to love our bodies. I think the goal for me personally, and this does not have to be for everybody, is like, how do we let other people have their bodies (laughs) and make room for them to exist physically, socially, politically? Like, how do we create spaces where it's like, fine if you're fat, it's fine if you're thin, it's fine if you're disabled, it's fine if you're tall or short or whatever you are, right? Like, if you are disfigured, if you like, whatever, how do we create those spaces? And for a lot of folks, that means they will have to get to a point of self-love in order to do that. Um, so it's like a little bit of a means to an end for me. That's like, that's my hot take. How about you? I mean, like, I know like every fat person under the sun has big feelings about body positivity as it exists now. So I'm curious about for you, what's like, what are your feelings about it? And also what have your experiences been with those like, like influxes of followers who are, I assume predominantly thin people? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of them, I, I, well, I don't, I don't check their profiles. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think I care enough to do like a demographic <laughs> statistic thing. Um, I don't, I, I don't really know yet. Like what the, I mean, they seem to stay. Mm-hmm. They seem to stay. I think so. Today, this video came out where Jamila Jamil speaks to Sam Smith. Yeah, and it's 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 cute. It's really cute. You know, he talks about like, oh, you wouldn't hate a baby's body, so why am I hating my body? It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's that's I've I've heard that before. But you know, there were a lot of people who were like, holy fucking shit, I've never can, and like. It's kind of cute. And then there were some of the pictures. There were a lot of thin people who had these um, I feel no shame or whatever pictures uploaded. And they were like, I would never have shown this picture of my stomach, flat stomach before now. And yeah, very brave. Um, but then there were a few of these pictures of people where I was like, oh, that is actually a body mm. I haven't seen before. You know, like a post-op body or something. I was like, oh. It's feel like it's a, such a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. Yeah. But I just don't see how we're going to get to our utopia, which is mm-hmm. this like, I mean, I don't, you Americans, I'm not going to say socialist heaven. But no, say it to me. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> this socialist haven where there's no capitalism and, you yeah. know, there's no white supremacy and there's no, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to get from where we are now, which is basically hell all the way over to where we want to be without, I mean, there has to be someone in between, right? Like I always have this idea that we need people who are like, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't care about your thin feelings. I just don't care. You can go fuck yourself. I'm not talking to you or about you. I'm talking to the fat people and for the fat people. And then we need the other people who are like, Oh, hi, sweetie. I totally understand that you have these bad feelings. Let me hold your hand for a bit. But then they eventually do have to say, but have you considered maybe it's a systematic problem? Yeah. But I think maybe my thoughts is that, um, because I've, I don't think you can be any kind of activist or person without being problematic. We're all problematic, you know. Yes. Fact. All white people are racist. Uh, all uh, we're all ableist. We're all blah, 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 blah. we're all sexist. We all have internalized misogyny. All of that. Mm-hmm. So we are just inherently problematic. And I think I don't think you can do activism perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, it just even just because it's there's too much work if you have to find out the you know sexual predatorial history of every single musician whose music you listen to you know there's too many of them how do you you know you're like oh god that would take all my life to figure out who's done bad things yep um so i think it's a matter of god i don't know now i'm just rambling now i think i think the (laughs) i think the road to our utopia 
has to be built by a lot of people and a lot most of those people will be all of those people will be problematic in some way yeah you know yeah absolutely i mean like so here's hmm there are so there's like a story of a thin person's promise <laughs> that feels like very grand to say that feels like a little glimmer of hope to me um in terms of models for how this can happen right so like most thin people won't listen to fat people on our own terms that feels really hard i'm sure for a lot of thin people to hear and as a fat person i will tell you that is my lived experience <laughs> that like most thin people don't hear me like the family member who's like gastric bypass right and every time i'm like no please stop and every time she's like but this time and i'm like no i don't know right so like thin people are uh socialized not to hear fat people and to like reprogram whatever they hear as like i'm sad and want to lose weight like whatever i say it's like charlie brown's teacher like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like and they just hear whatever they're gonna hear um out of what i'm gonna say um it that said there are thin leaders in body positive spaces right quote unquote body positive spaces um who i think are gettable right like they're people who we can like build relationships with all that kind of stuff the example that i would offer up is um gina susanna i don't know if you know her she's nourishing no. on instagram She's a thin white woman. Um, she, uh, her body positivity account comes from a place of like eating disorder recovery. And she had this hashtag for a long time that became a huge deal. She has a metric ton of followers on Instagram in a way that I don't understand. Um, <laughs> she's a lovely person. Um, and she and I have like become, uh, have become good friends. Um, she had this hashtag for a long time called embrace the squish. And it was essentially like kind of the origin, at least as far as I know, of thin women slouching and taking oh. pictures. Look yeah. how fat I look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gina's good friends with Melissa Fabello, who we just talked about, who's like a wonderful um, writer and thinker. Uh, and Melissa started working on Gina and was like, hey, bud, <laughs> you got to knock this off because it's not helping. And like anybody who got called out, it sounds like, like the way that Gina talks about it. I'm like telling her story now. Sorry, Gina. <laughs> uh, the way that she talks about it is she's like, I resisted it for a really long time. It didn't feel good. I was like, it's not harming people. It's helping me. And they don't have to see themselves in that, all of that kind of stuff. And it sort of eventually, you know, chipped away and got through to her. And now she's having wicked hard conversations with her 100,000 or 200,000 or however many people on Instagram about like fatness and fat people. And it's like, hey, if we really want to talk about eating disorder recovery, we're going to have to dismantle fat phobia and like anti-fatness. That's going to have to happen. Uh, and that feels like a model that feels like, rather than being like, how do we hack into the mainframe of thin people's brains <laughs> and get them to think differently and hear us and all that kind of stuff, it feels much more doable to be like, okay, but what if I built a relationship with this one person invested in some deep conversations could they then talk to their people who will hear them they won't hear me but they might hear them like is there a role that that can play and that's like again this is all a big mess i don't know how to figure it out <laughs> but like that feels like a pathway to me through which something might happen no Thank you so much for listening. I hope this meant something to you. It meant a lot to me. In general, I hope the podcast means a lot to you, or at least something. I hope that, yeah, I hope it makes a difference. It really, really, it's really fun to do. I really enjoy it. Uh, even, even though I did a long interview, not interview, you know, you know I don't call them interviews, a long chat with someone who then said that they didn't want it to be released i'm not mad i'm not mad but i uh, you're missing out you're missing out we will re-record it and i'm gonna try and get some of the the same stuff out of them but it's a tough one i uh <laughs> my my i'm cramping everything hurts so i'm gonna make this 
very brief, but I do quickly want to say I really, 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 really love and cherish your Patreon support and your one-off donations as well, of course. And I know it must be a bit weird because I keep mentioning it in dollars and I don't know, like if you just, I don't know what the currency thing, translation is, translation, conversion, whatever. So I just quickly want to give you like a rundown. So on Patreon, I think the the least you can give is a dollar per episode and a dollar is according to a conversion thing online, is less than a pound per episode, which would then be, say it's one of those freaky months where there's five Wednesdays in a month, like a max, a maximum of, uh, so $5 a month would be 3.7 pounds. What's that? That's like two cups of coffee? I think it is. So if you were to give $5 per episode and become a friend of the podcast you would that would then be 3.7 pounds per episode which would be a total of a very very maximum of 18 pounds a month i think that's fair enough 18 pounds what's that that's um what's 18 pounds <laughs> I, I feel like i'm one of those footballers that they test to see if they're like regular people and they're like how much is milk and they're like a billion i feel like i'm like what is 18 pounds I guess it's an Uber. <laughs> an Uber rides to South London. I don't know. You know how much 18 pounds is to you. So also, that's the thing. For some people, 18 pounds is like, holy shit, I can eat for a week. And for other people, it's like, oh, that's what I wipe myself with. I mean, hopefully it's not, because you'd have to use coins. I mean, if that's your thing. I'm not judging. But I would absolutely love for you to give whatever you feel like this podcast is worth um, per episode, which is per week. I would love for you to go to patreon.com for us as Mopad and it'll all, it's very easy to sign up. It'll all happen automatically and um, it means everything to me and the podcast. Uh, there's going to be some changes. I'm going to, basically I'm, like I'm so busy and so stressed that like my, I can feel it in my body, which is not good. Um, and one of the things that just makes me so stressed is booking people for the podcast i love finding people like oh my god this person is incredible i want to talk to them on the podcast but the actual action of emailing them or emailing their agents and then figuring out where to do the recording and uh, all of that like back and forth back and forth and can you do that time and then like two days after they go no but i can do like half an hour earlier then i have to go back to the place where we're recording going hey can we do a half an hour earlier and then they get back two days later and say yes and i go back to the other person and say right okay we can record this time then they go oh i just had a i just made another i have a meeting now so can we move it to all of that stuff no (laughs) so i'm working on uh, hiring someone to do all of that so that i can focus on getting you know, the best people, the most interesting people and having a great chat with them. So I don't have to do all of the emailing with, oh, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm complaining now, but I'm just saying that that is one of the things that you're supporting. If you support by Patreon, that and my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful producer, editor, Dave, um, who, without whom this podcast just wouldn't exist. And I couldn't afford him if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping the podcast going. And, um, as you know, if you're a friend of the podcast, if you give more than $5 per episode, you become uh, uh, the lucky <laughs> the lucky people whom, whose names, that's not a thing, whose names I will be saying out loud at the end of the podcast. That's now, and I will start. A huge thank you to these wonderful people. Andrea Papillon, Andy Walker, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin, Kat Posse, Claire McCowan, Donna Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Reifersheet, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor... Uh, Emma Appleton, Emma Chan, that's two Emmas, and then we have, <laughs> oh my god, then we have someone here called exactly one Lily, 0.7 Harry, the middle third of an Eustreptopundulus, I think that's again <laughs> Lily and Harry French having a, a fun time <laughs> with with their Patreon name, I respect that. Then we have another one having a great time with their Patreon name. Fenelodon Privacy Saurus Aurora Roteratops. I respect that. <laughs> Fiona Richardson, George Pearson, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minnit, 
Helena Thomas, Ida Søgaard Larsen, Inger Ellingsen, Janie Mahoney, Joe C., Kathy Draxelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrine Engelsen, Kim, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davidson, Queen T., Maury Fraser, Mansour Mir, Marbles Lost, Olivia Robson, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fene, Rachel Hemsley, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, that's the three Rachels, uh, still, ooh, still in the lead, or are they? Because then we have Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Cavill, Rosie Evans, Russell Hughes, then we have Sarah Farah, Igerson, Sarah Ellett, and Sarah Plumer. That's three Sarahs. We have three Sarahs. We have three Rachels. It's very exciting to see who's going to win. If your name is Rachel or Sarah, you owe it to your group. You owe it to your group. Then we have Sheena Machette Cole and Susie Tyler. And I do believe we have... So we have one Harry. We have two, we have two Harrys. So if your name is Harry, get in. We have two Emmas. Again, get in. Then we have a Caitlin and a Cat. And I think a Cat is also Caitlin. I think... So I think in theory we have two Caitlins as well. Oh, it's very exciting. Then we have a Kathy and a Katie. I can I can allow that as well if we get another one. Because so we also have a Catherine. Catherine, Katie, and Kathy. Oh, it's close. I'm just saying. I don't know if you're as competitive as I am, but I would pretty much give up my life savings to save the Sophies if there ever was a Sophie. If there's another thing like this on another podcast where they need a Sophie, let me know and I will support. Even if I don't like the podcast, that's not true. <laughs> Even if I haven't heard the podcast. Right. I'm going to let you go because I've been rambling for way too long. But I want to say a massive thank you for being my wonderful listeners. And I will get back with part two of Your Fat Friend next week. Oh my God, I didn't even mention that there are extra bits on Patreon. If you become a supporter, you can hear like extra six questions I ask the guest. Um... It's too late. You've all turned off now. I'll remember to mention it in the next one. But I want to say a massive thank you to you for listening, to your fat friend for being a wonderful guest, to Dave Pickering for producing this episode, Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle, and to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo. See you next week. Bye. Oh,